Well, hello, everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, I am in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in the great state of Texas. Dallas and Fort Worth are these two large cities, and they're slowly growing together into this megalopolis and this giant area. And uh, this is a fabulous part of the world. What many people don't know is that uh, I've spent six months over a few years of, of each year being here, traveling out of here as we were studying initially how to set up this ministry and how to reach even more people. And uh, it was a very exciting time and I love this area and there's so many beautiful people that are here. Well, today I have to be very honest before I start and say to you that I'm quite tired. I've been traveling a lot. Uh, and if at some point I fall asleep halfway through this or even start yawning, excuse me, forgive me. Uh, my, uh, uh, one of my staff I was talking to the other day and uh, apparently uh, I had only just got off a plane and uh, we were talking and I was sitting down somewhere and apparently it went silent all of a sudden. It turned out I, I did not off. So if I do that today, just, just forgive me. Well, we're going to go and we're going to have a look a little bit at the scripture that I looked at on Sunday when we talked about imitating Paul. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. And, and the point of this scripture is, of this passage is, Paul is talking to a group of Christians in the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian, they're fighting, they're arguing among each other about a variety of things. He says to them, imitate me. If you want to know what a Christian is, imitate me. And he said, just as a reminder, I'm sending you a person in the name, by the name of Timothy. He'll remind you, but also just imitate him. Today, if we were to take you and to send you off to someone and say, hey, just follow, copy their Christianity. I don't know about you, but I'd, be, I'd feel awkward. But that's exactly what Paul said and he sent Timothy to do. Have a look at this. It says in verse 14 of chapter 4. I'm not writing this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. He writes to them and he says to them, what I'm, wanting, I'm not writing to tell you off so much, but rather to encourage you for your benefit. Any of us who are parents, and I have, Rosemary and I had five children, and sometimes if they needed to be corrected about something, sometimes I, I remember saying to them, listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. What I'm trying to do is I, I need to point this out to you because you'll be better if it's pointed out to you. And, and well, who else is going to do that but a father, a mother, a parent? Because we've got your best interests at heart. And he goes on and he says, For though you might have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. In other words, what he's saying is, even though you might have many teachers and leaders in your life, you don't have a, someone who has the love of a mother and a father and the emotion of that and wants your best in the way that I do. Indeed, in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I was the one who shared the gospel with you. I'm your, I'm your spiritual dad. I appeal to you then, be imitators of me. For this reason, I sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ Jesus as I teach them everywhere in, uh, in every church. And so he says to them, imitate me, imitate Timothy. And, and if you do that, you'll be living the right Christian life. Now, keep in mind, he's talking this into a church or into a place where there is strife and people are arguing. He goes on to verse 18. But some of you thinking that I'm not coming to you have become arrogant. 
But some of you thinking I'm not coming to you have become arrogant. I went and had a look at what the New Jerusalem version of that said. And it says this. It's from the New Jerusalem version. So just so Scott can put it on the screen for us. On the assumption that I was not coming to you, some of you have become filled with your own self-importance. Uh, you know, the boss is not coming, so to speak. The father is not coming. The, uh, the one who shared faith with you and others have become filled with their own self-importance. Verse 19, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. I'll come back to that. And I'll find out not the talk of those arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God depends not on talk, but on power. It's just a fabulous passage of scripture. They're all arguing. And Paul comes along and says, no, 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 imitate me, imitate Timothy. But it's not, it's not about what you think, fellas. It's not about what your opinion is. It's about, it's about power. And power is living the Christian life. Living the Christian life and seeing it lived out. It's just not about talk. Have you ever met someone who is all talk but no action? Have you ever met someone who's quite happy to tell you what you've done wrong, but in their own life, you look at them and go, but you haven't even got it all together. We've all met people like that. Maybe we've been people like that at times in our life. And, and, and what Paul comes along and he says, it's, it's in the power of living uh, where the gospel is found. That's the reason we read the lives of the saints. That's the reason we read the scriptures. In the lives of the saints, what we find are these men and women who surrendered their lives such that they gave their life to God. And it was in their actions, not just their words, but in their actions lived out that you went, oh, that's sincere. See, because sincerity, sincerity gives us authority. It's like what, what did people say of Jesus? He teaches as one with authority. In other words, it had that genuine ring to it that this is true. And that's what we're meant to be in our life. We're not meant to be people who tell people. We're meant to be able to show people. And we're meant to be. My grandmother, who was not very well educated, she never purported to be in any, in anyone special. She lived a very humble life, her whole life. But my goodness, did she know God? She didn't have to say much. It was the way she conducted her life, the way she did things. There was a presence about her that was just quite remarkable. And she lived her life in power. Sometimes we celebrate the powerful. We celebrate those who have much. We celebrate those who lead. But often the ones who are truly powerful in the Christian life are the people who are hu uh, humble, obscure, but fully surrendered to God. And I know there are many of you who have spoken to me in recent times and said, I don't know what to do. And yet when I sit with you, I feel, I feel impressed by you that just the humility and the power within your own life. This morning, I had breakfast with a man by the name of Dennis in Manchester, New Hampshire. I won't say anything else about him to not give away his name. Uh, anything about him um, and uh, I spent 24 hours with him and at the end of our time together I just said to him I said let me pray for you let me pray for you let's let me just pray and so I prayed for him and at the end of the prayer and I prayed the best prayer best prayer I could pray uh, at the end of it he stopped and he said to me I didn't expect you to pray like that 
I didn't expect you to pray. It wasn't the words, it was the action. You can do that. You can be that in your, for your family, for your children, for the people at work. It's your actions that count, not your words that count. I'm sure words are important, no doubt. But, but it's our words lived out that is the most important thing. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to live out your thoughts, live out the surrender of your heart with God. Well, we're not alone in this. We're not. Uh, we're not. This coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and we're starting a brand new series on Sunday, Monday, called the uh, the Holy Spirit Powered Life. The Holy Spirit Powered Life. If, I've spoken on the Holy Spirit probably more than any other topic that I've ever talked on, uh, because it was something that I was introduced to by the priest who shared faith with me. And the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the power to change and to be different in ways you can't be. So I want to encourage you, why don't you join me coming Sunday and also encourage others, share it with others and maybe even share it with people who don't go to church, people aren't so sure about their faith. And I'll walk them through. I'll walk them through to a place. Please God, where they'll encounter the love of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and will meet Jesus as their Lord, their Savior, and their friend. That's what we're going to start this coming Sunday. And I pray that when you go to church in your area, that you would encounter Jesus more deeply. Remember, the daily devotionals are all about your prayer life. It's not about what we learn so much about our prayer and the surrender of our heart to God. Loving Father, I thank you today from here in Dallas, Fort Worth, as this goes to countries all over the world and right across this great nation and many other great nations. I pray, Lord God, that you would work in people's lives. Touch them. Lord, it's just been on my heart today for those people in Ukraine who received the daily devotionals. Uh, Lord, I want to pray for those people in Russia who received the daily devotionals. I pray for that whole situation, Lord God, that you would bring an end to it. And that, Lord, people's lives lived out would be that which changes the world. Father, we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all, everybody. See you tomorrow. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you.